Yeah, you're listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening and Happy New Year. Thank you, Arbel, for doing the last couple of shows for me. I really appreciate it. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture, and there are a couple of major anniversaries this week that I want to talk to you about. One is Motown Records' 60th anniversary. Motown Records was founded January 12, 1959, so 60 years ago this Saturday, the other anniversary is a bit more on the macabre and strange side, and that is the 100th anniversary of the Boston Molasses Disaster, also called the Boston, the Great Molasses Flood or the Great Boston Molasses Flood. Either way, odd stuff. We need to talk about that, you and me. In the meantime, celebrating Motown here is Marvin Gaye. He's hungry. He's got a love-starved heart, and he just sounds like this.
Wow, that is Marvin Gaye, and this loved, starved heart is killing me. And that song was unreleased. It was recorded in the 60s, unreleased until 1994, when there was a collection called Love Starved Heart, Rare and Unreleased. You can find it on that collection. Hopefully it's still out there. It was written by Kay and Helen Lewis. So, as I was mentioning before, the 60th anniversary of Motown is this Saturday. So we're going to have some songs to celebrate that throughout the show. Here's something for you. Ice is food, of course, and an ice sculpture is a whole lot of food, but you're not really supposed to lick it because then you'll end up like that kid in the Christmas story, and we don't want to go into that, do we? However, the Plymouth Ice Festival in Plymouth, Michigan, which is about a half hour maybe from Ann Arbor, not so far, in downtown Plymouth, the Ice Sculpture Festival called the Plymouth Ice Festival is this weekend, Friday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. This Saturday, 10 p.m. to 10, that is 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And this Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. A bunch of ice sculptures and a dueling chainsaws competition. Not as deadly as it sounds. Ice carvers are given 15 minutes, one block, and their chainsaws to create ice carvings in the festival. So there will also be a petting zoo. The pets will not be frozen. They will not be made of ice. They will be real. And the Penn Theater will be showing a movie. So that is all in downtown Plymouth this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Plymouth Ice Festival. If the ice were melted, perhaps it would be water. In water, there is fish. This is what what a segue this is to this one. advice and remember always in life into each heart some tears must fall though you love and lose you must stand tall cause we all got to cry sometimes I said sigh sometimes pull yourself together no use crying
You don't need nobody who don't need you, do you? No. You deserve the best. Yes, you do. That am, are the Marvelettes and too many fish in the sea. Celebrating Motown's 60th anniversary this Saturday with songs about food and being starved for food and such. Now, something serious for the moment. I want to take this moment to give you some serious news here from the Associated Press uh, about food stamp benefits in this partial government shutdown. This is, for, this is the news from the Associated Press. The Trump administration says food stamp benefits will be funded through February, even if the government shutdown continues. The Agriculture Secretary is asking states to issue the February benefits on or before January 20th so that they can be paid to the nearly 40 million Americans in the program. SNAP is already fully funded for January. But if the shutdown lasts until March, the USDA could be forced to dip into its reserves to help fund the program, and its $3 billion SNAP contingency fund won't cover a full month of benefits. So... We'll see what happens. Experts estimate that, a more, that more than a million people in Michigan receive food stamps. This is a good opportunity to see if there are any food banks, places you might be able to look into to see if any of them need a little help in this frigid time of year. But that's the Associated Press right there. Here's another bit of Motown for you. As I was mentioning earlier, Motown Records was founded on January 12th, 1959. Here is Smokey Robinson and the Miracles when they were just the Miracles. They were just miraculous. This was actually before they were on Motown. They were one of the first groups on Motown. But before Motown, they were on a label called End. I've seen a picture of the record. I don't own it. I'd love to own a copy of it. But we can play it on CD here. But the, the 45 itself had on the label the front end of a dachshund on one side and the rear end on the other, so it was not actually lining up right. It was painted that way for all of our amusement. End records. This is about what happens when you get a job in a grocery store, and it's not really what you were counting on. Here's the miracles and got a job. Oh, no, I won't. But let's hear, let's hear the, uh, the miracles, shall we? I got a job playing CDs, and I hope I don't lose it. Walked all day till my feet were tired. I was low, I just couldn't get hired. Saw a sign in a grocery store. Help is light, and we need some more. I got a job. I got a job. I do is wrong, oh, but I finally, 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 
Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Yeah. Get a, got a Job, which, as some may know, is an answer record to Get a Job, the big hit Get a Job. There were tons of answer records to that. So this, it may technically be a novelty record, but frankly, I want the Miracles to do all of my novelty records because that's amazing. I'm just saying. That was their first flop single, which is also a, a crime, but now we all get to listen to it and, and get excited about it. As I was mentioning, it's Motown Records' 60th anniversary, and I mentioned that to Michael G., who mentioned to me that it's another monumentous musical anniversary. Blue Note Records' anniversary, 80 years old. Says Blue Note, 80 years ago on January 6, 1939, a German immigrant and passionate jazz fan named Alfred Lyon produced his first recording session in New York City with two boogie-woogie pianists founding what would become the most respected and longest-running jazz label in the world. Blue Note Records. Happy 80th anniversary to Blue Note. I said earlier I was going to talk about a weird anniversary, a macabre, fascinating, food-related anniversary, and I will just now. It's quarter to seven. It's, it's, what is this show called? Pandora's Lunchbox, yes. A show about food and culture. And Arwolf and Face the Music coming up at seven with lots and lots of wonderful music generally from the first half of the 20th century. Really great stuff. So you ready, folks? Brace yourselves. 100 years ago this coming Tuesday, this information is from The Atlantic and Wikipedia. On January 15th, 1919, did I say 100 years ago this coming Tuesday? Yes. On January 15th, 1919, in Boston's North End, a 50-foot tank holding 2.3 million gallons of molasses burst unleashing a deadly wave that rose nearly 25 feet high at one point. The destructive flood of molasses threw people and horses about, smashing buildings and even damaged the steel supports of an elevated railway. Rescuers had to wade through knee-deep molasses and sticky debris to reach survivors. 21 people died in the disaster. Another 150 were injured and the cleanup lasted for weeks. The cause of the failure was determined to be faulty construction and poor maintenance. The Boston Molasses Disaster, also called the Great Molasses Flood. The disaster occurred at the Purity Distilling Company facility. The temperature had risen to above 40 degrees. 
climbing rapidly from the frigid temperatures of the preceding days. The stored molasses was awaiting transfer to the purity plant in Cambridge. After the disaster, cleanup crews used salt water from a fireboat to wash the molasses away, and they used sand to try to absorb it. The harbor was brown with molasses until summer. There were lawsuits, there were inquiries. One revealed that Arthur Gell, who oversaw the construction, neglected basic safety tests, like filling the tank with water to check for leaks. When it was filled with molasses, the tank leaked so badly that it was painted brown to hide the leaks. Local residents would collect leaking molasses for their homes. Oh, boy. So that was the Boston molasses disaster, the Great Molasses Flood, one of the strangest, most macabre tragedies in history, food-related or of any kind. 21 people died, 150 injured, 100 years ago this coming Tuesday. The dead milkmen in all of their finery and good taste have written a song called The Great Boston Molasses Flood. It came out about five years ago, but presciently... They do talk about 100 years ago in the future, which is now. Starts with the instrumental passage. Goes on for a little while, maybe about a minute. I guess this is the big build-up, the foreshadowing. So, uh, But here it is, the dead milkman and the great Boston molasses flood.
always thoughtful and tasteful, the Dead Milkmen. And that is the Great Boston Molasses Flood from their album titled Pretty Music for Pretty People, which they released in 2014. This Tuesday is the 100th anniversary of the Great Boston Molasses Flood, also called the Great Molasses Disaster, by any name, macabre, strange, and food-related, so I felt I had to share that with you. Back to the other anniversary, the Motown 60th anniversary. This, from the, the Detroit Historical Society, says here, Come and bask in the Motown sound as Motown Records turns 60 on January 12th. That's the Saturday, so Saturday from 11 a.m. before, families are invited to celebrate the historic and influential label and its iconic artists with a Motown-themed scavenger hunt, a craft-your-own microphone activity, a film on Motown's greatest artists, and more. Admission is free. This is at the Detroit Historical Society at 5401 Woodward Avenue, Detroit. That's this Saturday from... 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. An iconic person in popular culture has passed away. Carlos Sanchez, perhaps better known as Juan Valdez. He played the character of Juan Valdez as the embodiment of the Colombian coffee industry, one of the most recognizable pitchmen in the world. He died on December 29th in Medellin, Colombia. His death was confirmed in an email from Colombia's National Federation of Coffee Growers, which did not specify the cause. Says the New York Times, Mr. Sanchez first donned Valdez's signature wide-brimmed hat in 1969. He took over for Jose F. Duval, a Cuban actor who had played the character since it was created in, by the New York advertising agency Doyle Dane Bernbach in 1959. Mr. Sanchez was Colombian and grew coffee as a youth before turning to painting and acting. As Valdez, the farmer with a warm expression, a lush mustache, and a mule named Conchita, he became an avatar for the farmers who harvested Colombia's coffee beans and a positive depiction of a country that was often equated with terrorism and drug trafficking. Valdez picked beans on a Colombian coffee side, hillside, while a narrator described the laborious process behind what an early commercial called the richest coffee in the world. Let's see if I can hear some of this here. Here we go. To make a single pound of his Colombian coffee, Juan Valdez must pick 2,000 coffee beans. Yet he still picks every one of those 2,000 beans by hand. The work is not easy. But there is no other way to pick only the beans that are perfectly ripe. So for Juan, there is no other way. After all, he is not growing the easiest coffee in the world. He's growing the richest. I wish I could talk like that. But I can't. But nevertheless, thank you to Mr. Carlos Sanchez, played the role of Juan Valdez for nearly four decades. He passed away on December 29th in Colombia, at the age of 83. Happy 60th anniversary Motown Records. Happy 80th anniversary Blue Note Records. And 100th anniversary commemorations to you, the Boston Molasses Disaster. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. Arwolf and Face the Music is coming up in just a moment. But I've just been finding some food songs I haven't played in a long time, and I want to share one of those with you. 
Here is two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Originally done by the group, I believe pronounced Splodgeness Abounds in the UK in the early 80s. Remade here by the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. Ready? Aim? Here it is. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Never stop doing that and also keep doing that. One, two, one, two, three, four. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I'll have two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Oi, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Here, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I'll have two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I'll have two pickled onions, a little bit of cheese, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. With all our money and all that. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. I've been here half hour and I'm getting very thirsty. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. fascinated with this, uh, Mike. As usual, I've come tumbling in here on Thursday night, and this was the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain performing something called Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, Please. And that's the Mike Perini we know and love. Yeah, I'll pull that out here so it doesn't get mixed up with anything else. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is R. Wolf, and I want you to feel better. It's, it's that simple. 
our approach to creative broadcasting around here is to use media access in a humanitarian manner. And that means that we get a bunch of records and we make it so that the records start talking to one another and you and I get to listen together. And that's why this show is called Face the Music. I'd like to listen with you to this recording made in 1962 by one of the the great Harlem Stride pianists who doesn't get talked about enough as far as I'm concerned, and that is Mr. Cliff Jackson. Cliff Jackson with Crazy Rhythm. Let's face the music together. (laughs) 